You're listening to the Journey to Fans podcast, episode four. In this episode, we'll be talking about the one thing that sabotages high-performing entrepreneurs and why it's so important to stop it in its tracks. Today, I'm talking about overthinking. So let's dive in. Hey, hey, I'm DeSola Davis, and this is the Journey to Fans podcast. We help maxed out service providers fill their online programs with dream customers. Because let's face it, work doesn't feel like work when you're serving the people who love everything you do. Am I right? But ownership is more than income goals. Leadership is more than managing a team. And a raving fan base is the secret weapon to building a business you love. So stay tuned for strategies that help you sell with confidence lead with vision, and serve with purpose. Thanks so much for having me on your journey to fans. Hey, so before we dive in, I've got to give a shout out to our featured listener of the week, Krista M, who says, Journey to Fans is the podcast we all needed. It's incredible to have something that focuses on making a difference for our customers rather than just focusing on how we can be more profitable. It focuses on how we can delight our customers, serve, deliver after the sale, and make a difference by actually solving the problems we say we will. And as DeSola is so great at sharing, all that comes back to benefit us as well. And it just feels better. Thank you for this podcast, DeSola. So grateful to have you in my ears. Whoa. (laughs) Thank you so much, Krista, for your thoughtful review. It means a lot for you to hear my heart on how, when you help others win, you always win. My ultimate goal for you, my podcast listener, is for you to find and connect with the community that considers you a thought leader and will invest in you because they know it always leads to a win for them. I'm so grateful to have you in my community. And remember, when you leave us a five-star review, you'll also get a chance to be featured as our next listener of the week. And I'll give you a shout out right here on the show. So I think it was either in his new book or in his podcast, Business Made Simple, which both are the same name. You can totally look it up. I'll leave a a link in the show notes. But Donald Miller talks about a fundamental difference between incredibly high performing entrepreneurs and other business owners. He noticed that it wasn't that the high performing entrepreneurs were smarter or were more innovative or that their products were better. It was that they were committed to action. And the fact that they didn't let their thoughts get in the way of their progress distinguished them from other business owners that were struggling. High-performing entrepreneurs also didn't put so much weight on every single decision that they made in their business. Now, I don't know about you, but earlier in my business, I had times when it took me ages to make a single decision simply because I just didn't want to get it wrong. I also didn't really exercise the patience to see these decisions through. I pivoted too quickly and honestly ended up confusing both myself and my audience. And what I found is overthinking doesn't just happen to people who are confused about their personal direction or the direction of their business. It happens to high performers as well people who are respected as thought leaders and experts. And my guess is it's happened to you too. 
So here are three ways you may recognize that you're overthinking yourself. Maybe you feel stuck or stagnant in your current business practices. You're working every day, but you don't have any idea whether what you're actually doing is leading to success. You can't confidently say that the work that you're putting in today is going to lead you to a goal in the future. The opposite could also be happening right now. Maybe you're pivoting a lot right now without any real focus. Now, this is completely different from being a new business that's designing an MVP or a minimal viable product, and you're changing quickly based on your customer feedback. That's not what I'm talking about. It looks more like you're offering something completely different every month or every quarter, and you're not giving that offer a chance to land. Maybe you feel like you're playing a guessing game with your audience, and you're not taking any time to actually gather data on what they truly want help with. You may also be overthinking in your assessment of success and failure. If you have a faulty way of assessing your business goals, meaning your only metric for success is hitting some arbitrary goal you set for yourself without any real data of how you can realistically achieve that goal, then you may be overthinking. In my conversation with clients, I've noticed a few reasons why they overthink. They have not separated their identity from their business. That's the first reason. So when the business does well, they're amazing. Hero, they're doing so well. They're so excited to share on Instagram that they finally hit their goal and their surefire way of you hitting the goal the same way. They're so quick to flash their Thrivecart zeros and show you how well their business is doing. But then when the product launch flops, they feel like a failure. They don't share any of those behind the scenes. They don't talk about what they've learned from failure. They don't share that even with their clients. And there's no real in between. So business is doing really well. You're on top of the world and you're amazing. Product launch flops or a business decision doesn't go as planned. All of a sudden you're a failure and you shouldn't have become an entrepreneur to begin with, right? They feel as though their offer isn't valuable enough, so then they start seeking external validation instead of getting better at what they're already the best at. They start relying on other coaches or even customers to dictate their own customer journey, to dictate the journey to transformation, and they don't have the confidence to take their rightful place as the expert. The second reason that I've seen with my clients and other entrepreneurs with regards to overthinking is They've simply forgotten the vision for their business, why they started it, or who they plan to serve with it. Somewhere along their journey, they've gotten caught up in this rat race of comparison, trying to mimic other people in the industry in an effort to quote unquote compete. Their business doesn't even look like what they had in mind when they started, and now they feel as though it's too late to turn back. The third reason entrepreneurs overthink is they fall into something I call the survival trap. And I've talked about it in previous episodes, but in brief, the survival trap is when you're making long-term business decisions based on short-term seasonal circumstances. The most common survival trap that people fall into is when there's a lack of cash flow in their business. So then they start creating offers that don't reflect the transformation they want to be known for. And they're unable to deliver on those offers when the time comes because it's a direct opposite of their original vision. And then they come to start building a business 
that they can't even recognize. And unfortunately, sometimes it's a business that they hate. Now, overthinking is somewhat of a silent killer too, because it causes a lose-lose scenario for you as a high-performing business owner. On the one hand, you keep yourself from making the wrong decision because you want to avoid failure. But on the other hand, you're also keeping yourself from hitting your goals because you're not taking any action. So let's talk a little bit of science. And if you know me, you know I'm kind of a science geek and I have a huge science background. But let's talk about your brain for a second. Your brain is designed to keep you from taking risks because it wants to protect you from danger. And that's important, right? If you're face to face with a lion, a tiger, a bear, or a fly, if you're me, (laughs) you want to run away. You want your brain to tell your body what to do to protect itself in that season. But when you're faced with a business decision, that fight or flight response is not really necessary. And so what ends up happening is your brain is trying to protect you from the danger of making a decision, but it's falling into something called loss aversion bias. Let me say it again, loss aversion bias. Behavioraleconomics.com shares that people would prefer to take more risks to avoid a loss than to make a gain. The pain of losing has been estimated to be psychologically about twice as powerful as the pleasure of gaining, meaning people remember that pain twice as much as the pleasure of scoring a gain. And that makes sense, right? Because people just don't like to be in pain. And so what happens is your brain is wired, again, to keep you from harm, pain, and danger. But it's that very mechanism that keeps you from making decisions that move your goals forward. And you might say at this point, well, DeSola, isn't that safe? Don't I want my brain to keep me from making bad decisions? And to that, I say, Yeah, yes, definitely. You definitely want your brain to keep you from being reckless with your business. But overthinking is no respecter of decision making. It affects both your big business decisions as well as your smaller ones. In fact, overthinking overestimates the impact of a single action while underestimating the outcome of the momentum that the single action could create. I'll say it again. Overthinking overestimates the impact of a single action while underestimating the outcome of the momentum that the single action could create. So where it would take you a long time and several actions to think about adding a new income stream to your business Thinking about whether to do a video series or a workshop or a challenge to engage your audience before inviting them to buy should not take you nearly as long. You shouldn't have to mull over what way you're going to invite your audience or your prospects into a working relationship with you just about as long as it takes for you to decide what offer you're going to put in front of them. It's weird because while they're overthinking these mundane decisions, business owners are also more flippant about the direction that they want their businesses to face at any given moment. They're offering one thing this month and then something else the next. And then another month, they're making no offers at all because they're discouraged by their market response. The deeper they go into this rabbit hole, the less they know 
about their dream clients and the further away they get from building the business of their dreams. Interestingly enough, overthinking has a very simple antidote. It's action. See, I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. Instead of focusing on the impact of a minor decision, aim for consistent action. There's something I tell my clients, and I often share this in my talks whenever I'm you know, booked to speak or something like that. It's that you don't need confidence to take action. The more action you take, the more data you generate, and the more confident you become about the direction that you're going in. And I know it's easy to just say, well, take more action. But how do you actually do that when you're in the thick of overthinking? Here, I'm going to share three components of my proprietary Strangers to Fans goal setting system. Now, this isn't the full system, but knowing these three components will help you make better decisions. The components are your vision, your plan, and your system. Again, your vision, your plan, and your system. And I've lovingly called it the VPS method, just to help with remembering. Let's talk about your vision first. When you're writing out your vision, the question you're trying to answer is, what type of business are you trying to build? Who are you becoming as you're building this business? And why is this important to you? Personally, it's the same thing. What are you trying to achieve? Who are you becoming in that uh, process? And why is it important to you? This is what you're going to fall back on when you're in the middle of working through your goal. When everything is heavy and everything feels difficult, this is what's going to prevent you from making uninformed decisions and keep you on track to generate momentum. Your plan consists of the three to five milestones that have to be true for your vision to be a reality. This is where you're going to break your vision down into smaller goals that give you landmarks to look out for as you progress. So instead of looking at a one-dimensional metric to tell you whether your business is succeeding or failing, these landmarks will show you whether you're making progress or you need to tweak your system to get more favorable results. As a matter of fact, your plan is the backbone for your data collection process as you're progressing towards your goals. Finally, your system is where you're going to implement that consistent action I'm talking about. This is where that's necessary. Here, you're going to identify what you will do daily or weekly to execute your plan. Remember, I'm talking about your system here. Your plan consists of the milestones, and so your system is what you're going to do daily or weekly to achieve those milestones. How are you going to practically work to reach each of the milestones that you've created and progress towards your goal? You see here now, we're not talking in the ethereal. We're not talking abstract. This is something tangible that you're going to do to make those milestones a reality and over time, make that vision a reality as well. These are the actions you're going to measure to make sure that you're on the right track. So let's use an example. Say I want to compete on a a complete a 10K before the end of this year. That's my vision. In accomplishing this goal, I will ultimately become a runner. 
I'll be able to see myself as a runner. I know I'll feel much better in my body. I'll make better health, you know, healthier decisions and things like that. So we're smack in the middle of the year and we're in the middle of 2021. It gives me a roughly six months to complete it. Today, I am not confident that I can complete a 10K race. But if I focus on my lack of confidence today, then I won't be motivated to take the action to get in shape for the race. So instead of looking at what I can accomplish today, I'm going to create a plan that will keep me on track to execute my vision. So I have six months. And so my plan may look like in the next month, I want to be able to run one mile without stopping. Maybe in three months, I want to be able to complete a 5K. And by month five, I want to be ready for my 10K race. That's my plan. My three milestones are month one, complete a mile without dying. (laughs) You know, month three, complete a 5K. It doesn't matter what my time is. Success for me looks like being able to complete a 5K. And by month five, I want to be able to complete a 10K. Again, it doesn't matter what my timing is because my ultimate vision looks like if I complete a 10K in the next six months, I am a runner. I am someone who is focusing on my health. My body's going to feel better. And this is why this is important to me. So it's not, it's not going to be something that's completely distracting. You know, I'm not going to put myself in unrealistic situations. My goal is just to complete the race. So it doesn't matter what my timing is yet because I haven't proven to myself that I can complete the race yet. Okay. So that's my plan. I have my milestones in place and I can easily collect data to see whether my vision is still within reach. Now that I have my milestones, I need a system that I can implement on a daily basis to set my plan in motion. So I look up a walk to run a mile training for four weeks, and then I stack a 5K training for eight weeks, and then I have a plan for a 10K training that I can continue after that. Success for me looks like completing all of my workouts in that training system. And I can easily measure it, right? At the end of the first month, I can check to see if I can run a mile without stopping. And if you've ever trained for a race, you know that it's it's absolutely doable after 30 days of consistent training. I fully expect success at this point because I'm going to commit to the consistent action of completing my training. So on a daily basis, I'm not looking so far ahead at the 10K and saying, well, I only ran 15 minutes. How can I ever complete a 10K? My goal is just to accomplish that consistent action that's due today. And if that action is today, we're going to walk a mile, I'm going to walk a mile because I know that that's just going to build up on the momentum that I need to be strong enough to complete that 10K race by month five. And that's how the VPS method works. I'm clear on my vision. I have an implementable plan and I have a system that I can execute and measure to make sure that I'm on track. Like I said earlier, consistent action, it leads to momentum. You don't have to get all the points right, or should I say right in your own eyes, to see the fruit of what you're doing. So John Acuff is another author that I really like. He put it really beautifully in his new book, Soundtracks, which incidentally is about overthinking. He said, momentum is messy. Momentum is messy. Though it's a simple statement, 
it's so freeing to realize that your execution may not go as smoothly as you planned it, but every decision you take is a stepping stone in the direction of your vision. I always tell my clients ahead of time to expect that the system isn't going to work exactly as planned. Knowing that the ride's not going to be smooth frees them from overthinking in the future and it helps them keep their entrepreneurial, quick thinking, agile hats on as they make progress towards their goals. For example, and I've told this story before in certain circles, but I tell the story a lot about how I went from zero to 500 leads in 30 days because I decided to host a summit. And before I keep going, I want to make sure that you understand that this was not even close to a glamorous feat at all. The truth is, it was grueling. It was hard. There was a lot to do in a very short amount of time because I effectively decided to slice my timeline by 60%, 66%. You're supposed to give yourself a 90-day head start to plan and execute your summit, but I'd already made that decision and I was willing to deal with the consequences. There's a whole backstory about that that I'll probably talk about in another podcast episode, but there are reasons that I made this decision and I consciously knew that it wasn't going to be perfect because, and there was a cost associated with it because of the decision that I made. Well, some of those consequences were I didn't sleep very well. I let a lot of things that some of them were important, but they fell through the cracks. And I didn't make any profit from this summit. I did not, I made no profit from this event. I actually made a loss, but I did start my own little raving fan base that has since grown from that summit. And since then, it's opened up more opportunities for me than I can count. I'm serving larger audiences and sharing spaces with people that I only used to admire from afar. Now, if I looked at that singular decision in a vacuum, and counted it as a failure, I would be missing out on all the ripple effects that have happened and are still happening today. If I overthought the impact of that decision, I would have significantly underestimated the impact of its outcome. Benefits that I'm still reaping (laughs) till this day. It's one of the best decisions that I made even though in that short term, it looked like one of the worst decisions that I made. So now I'm going to leave you with a question. What's one decision in your business or even personally that you're overthinking? Why don't you use the VPS system, create your vision, write out your plan and find a system to turn that decision into a commitment to consistent action? Don't overestimate the impact of that action. Just stay committed and measure your progress. Remember, momentum is messy. So we already know up front that the system's not going to go as planned. Don't let that stop you. Tweak it as you go. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how to build your own community of raving fans who are primed and ready to invest in working with you, Visit DesolaDavis.com backslash advantage and download the Strangers to Dream Clients workbook. There I share the three things you need to attract your dream clients and grow your very own raving fan base. Also, come find me on Instagram. I'm always there at Desola Davis. I'm up for a DM conversation with you about what decision you're converting into consistent action. I'd also love for you to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in it. 
I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me on the journey, as always. Remember, it's not about perfection. It's about taking imperfect steps in the right direction. And there's no time like the present to take the next one. Talk soon.